Jackson. They call me the Radical Midwife, and I wanted to invite you personally to join us for morning prayer, 6 a.m., Monday through Saturday. You won't be disappointed. We look forward to watching you grow. God bless. Um, I am excited to share, but I'm more excited about the days to come as I believe all of us recognize that there has been a supernatural reset and realignment in this season. And prayerfully, you've been using this time uh, with wisdom in an effort to gain some clarity, some objectivity as it relates to the things of God and um, the reign and the rule of God in your own personal life. Um, Again, prayerfully, it has been... um, a resetting even of the allocation of your resources and or finances. I'm, I'm prayerful that you've been sowing uh, in good ground as uh, the days have transpired. I think we are approaching uh, nearing our 40th day, uh, and that in and of itself and its significance is pretty amazing to me. Um, I, I'm also very prayerful that during this time, it's given you an opportunity to recognize the value of relationship and connection. Uh, I'm prayerful that um, for those of you that have had ought internally with family members and loved ones and, and are dealing with um, some pieces of unforgiveness as we have watched people um, go on to be in glory uh, I'm very hopeful that you have considered uh, the costs of not being connected in places that perhaps you should have been but more than anything just settled in your spirit with um, being refreshed and revived and renewed and and finding value in things that are valuable and releasing things that are not necessarily uh, as valuable as perhaps you had deemed them in times past. This has been a, a great uh, season of clarity, um, a season of prioritizing and um, revisiting some things. And, and I'm very hopeful that even for those that are business uh, savvy and or have a, a business mindset that you've been paying attention Um, to the climate as it relates to your future. And so that being said, um, the Lord has given me a couple of different things this morning that I'm going to share with you. I'm going to jump around uh, a bit in the word and tie some things together uh, that hopefully you'll be able to use at a later date. Uh, For those of you that um, may be new to the call, we welcome you. For those of you that have been around a while, Uh, I am hopeful that even this time of our breakfast of champions or our tithe on the day, as we like to call it, has been useful and has given you some gainful tools uh, to employ for your own life in a practical way. 
Um, so, um, again, first giving honor to God, um, who absolutely has been my sovereign, and this time has been um, pretty amazing for me. Uh, it's not not a new season or a new time. Uh, Dee Dee actually sent me my good quarantina shirt. Uh, that moment you realize your lifestyle is a quarantine. And uh, I didn't necessarily understand while the Lord was pushing me into this place. But I'm so grateful um, this morning for obedience. I'm grateful uh, that the word says, let he who has an ear hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful uh, for my inner ear in this season. It has served me very well. Uh, while I fought and kicked and screamed, uh, here we are, and I get it. I totally get it. That moment where things in life that seemed obscure or strange or peculiar, those moments when those things make sense. So I'm going to be sharing this morning um, from the book of Matthew. I'm going to read a very particular passage prior to going into um, the text that I'm going to use today uh, for the lesson. Um, and, and that particular text is Matthew, the 11th chapter, Matthew 11 and 27. Here is a great place um, to take notes if you are a note taker. Um, great place to take notes. This is something that the Lord showed me um, a couple of months ago, a girlfriend of mine, um, one of my covenant partners in prayer and in fasting. And then you guys know, if you don't know anything else, I'm going to take a story and kind of tie all of it together. But this passage um, is powerful on so many levels simply because it speaks to the reality that uh we will never be revealed to the Father until the Son reveals us to him. And so this, this passage reads as such, All things have been committed to me by my Father. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And those who the Son has chosen to reveal him. Right. Those who the son has chosen to reveal him. So in other words, uh, until the son reveals you to the father, um, you are not considered or deemed his until he says, here's this one right here. Here's this one who's seeking after me, who is chasing after me, who is trusting for uh, revelation from me. Uh, and I can trust him with my father. I'm going to read it again. All things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. And so my prayer for you this morning is that the father, uh, is uh, exposed to who you are via the sun. That's my prayer. My prayer is that your heart be so steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord in such a way that the sun deems you worthy to be revealed to the father. Um, the other week I was um, 
I had, I had been saying it prior to uh, this coronavirus. I said I was going to uh, go outside and turn over, my grandmother used to call it, I'd turn over uh, my garden and, and um, I had built a planter during the course of Josiah's illness. And, and I remember in that season, uh, my money was funny. I was concerned about um, being able to make ends meet. I was frustrated because uh, it was the beginning of a crisis. It was the beginning of my quarantine. This was in 2016. And, and um, I didn't know how bills were going to be paid. At this time, I had lost my job or I had to leave my job because I had to come home and care for my, my ailing child. And uh, I didn't know where money was coming from. I didn't know uh, really from one moment to the next what was going to transpire. I was um, fearful, fretful, and, and this is just being honest, uh, right in the middle of the will of God. But it was my own personal coronavirus. It was my own personal experience with um, calamity and trial and test and tribulation. It was uh, my own reset and separation from things that were familiar and regular and normal to me. It was the beginning of a realignment that would be great gruesome in nature in such a way that it made me have to rethink everything. And I would go outside and I would look at this uh, piece of land and uh, as a, a girl, my grandmother always had a garden. I don't, don't remember her not having a garden. She had a bit of a green thumb as does my mother. And I would, I would look at this piece of land and I remember um, saying, I sure wish man and I remember saying to myself I, I wish that I was going to be able to stay here quote unquote because I plant a garden right over there and I remember just as clear as a bell the Holy Spirit said uh, Dion plant the garden and I'm thinking to myself plant the garden well Lord my money is funny I'm uh, you know my, my baby is sick I'm, I'm thinking maybe we're going to end up having to move and he said to me no ma'am plant the garden and so here it is I plant this garden and um, I remember those moments being moments of solace they were moments that I could go outside at the time uh, I had a baby monitor that I would watch Josiah on because mind you um, they had told me that we would quote unquote make him comfortable until he perished and so I didn't know from one moment to the next if I was going to uh, come back in the house and my baby not be breathing or living anymore and so um, that garden was the place that I, I watered with my tears literally and so uh here in this season, while this uh, quarantina business is going on, <laughs> uh, I was looking at the garden because, of course, it's been a few years um, and I, I did it uh, two years in a row. Last year, I did not plant. Uh, but this year, I said, I'm going to go ahead and build this garden. So I go outside 
to turn over the garden and you know because time has passed there are leaves and uh, candy wrappers from the kids and um, a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'm thinking to myself now nobody deliberately put any of this in the ground but it is still present there are places that are hard and rocky and so I have to take a hoe and break up the stones and there some kind of way are rocks in this parcel and so I, I pull the rocks out of the parcels and um and I prepare the ground for planting and so I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of a passage from Matthew the 13th chapter and uh, I promise I'm gonna tie all of this up and so 13 it'll be a little lengthy but I promise it'll bless you I'm reading from uh from the message version uh, just so it'll read like a story And at about the same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, the crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get in to the boat. Quarantine, personal, intentional quarantine. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed the congregation, telling stories. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed and he scattered the seed. Some of it fell on the road and the birds ate it. Some of it fell to the gravel and it sprouted quickly, but it did not put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell into the weeds as it came up and was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond its wildest dreams. Now, are you listening? I mean, like really, really listening. And so then the disciples asked a question. They said, "Uh, why do you tell stories? And he replied, listen, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift nor this insight. It has been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insight and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappear. That's why I tell stories to create readiness, and to nudge people toward receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare until doomsday and still not see it. Listen until they're blue in the face and still not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but you don't hear anything. Your eyes are awake but you do not see anything. The people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look. So they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see. And God blessed ears, ears 
that hear. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers among them, would have given anything to see what you are seeing, to hear what you are hearing, but never had a chance. And so it continues to say, study this story of the farmers planting seeds. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. So the evil one comes along and plucks it up out of that person's heart. That is the seed that the farmer scattered on the road. The seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulties arise, there's absolutely nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about, to, uh, about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes from it. However, the seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and produces a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. And so he says he told another story. God's kingdom is like a farmer who plants good seed in his field. That night, while his hired hand, uh, hired men were sleeping, his enemy sold thistles all through the wheat and slipped away before dawn. When the first green shoots appeared and the grain began to form, the thistles showed up too. Uh, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I want to ask if we plant you, what will grow? What is the expectation of uh, you being planted? What will uh, shoot up? Will you be strangled out? Will you be burned up by the fire? Or will you produce a harvest that absolutely blows your mind. This is a season of planting. This is a season of watering, and soon comes the season of harvest. As I uh, dug through the ground to prepare the land for the planting, and I pulled up the rocky places, and I pulled up old root systems because there had been a garden there in the past. Some things had been planted there in the past, and what I noticed and realized is that some old roots had dried up and began to mat. They began to um, kind of bundle together and so I found myself with the forking tool, breaking up those old root systems, pulling them out because what I didn't want to happen is these new plants, these new seeds to be strangled by old root systems takes a while because you have to let the dirt settle for a day or two before you can go out and weed through some more because how many of us know that there are things in our heart that have a tendency to hide in the soil of our spirit in the soil of our soul in the soil of our mind in the soul of our habits in the soul uh, and the places uh, the corridors of our heart that have been sitting there dormant and collecting things as we have life 
experience and life expectancy. How many of you know that there's a possibility that there are things deeply rooted in the soil that if you don't use an extraction tool, uh, it has the potential to kill uh, uh, fresh plants. And so as I uh, began to plan out the garden, the amazing part is you have to consider what you're planting and the space that it will require. You have to consider the expectation of the harvest. And if you plant them too close, uh, my grandmother used to tell me, if you plant them too close, one will strangle out the other and begin to overtake the plant uh, that you want to produce fruit. And so in my, my little bed, I have some string beans and some greens and some peppers and some bell peppers. But what I know about squash and zucchini and cucumbers is they take a whole bunch of your bed. And so I was very careful uh, to make sure that I broke everything up effectively in an effort to give everything its proper room. If we plant you. Uh, what will you produce? If we plant you, uh, do you have the proper uh, footing and or spacing uh, to produce the greatest harvest? And so I started thinking about it. And as I was digging uh, this morning, every morning I, I get up and I go water. I remember when I had abandoned the bed. That, that's what I call it. I had kind of uh, walked away from it because it's a lot of work. It's a huge commitment. Uh, but then the Holy Spirit started to remind me that it was a parallel of how people live. We, we have a great idea, sometimes not a God idea, but if I know nothing else about gardening, which I did not realize as a girl, uh, it has much to do with uh, building relationship. One of the things I know about plants is if you don't take care of them, uh, they die. If you don't water them, if you don't weed them, if you don't nurture them, uh, they don't thrive. They don't produce uh, additional greenery. If you leave them in a certain place too long, they are uh, usually consumed. Their roots don't have a place to grow out. And so I've been very cognizant for the last uh, couple of weeks of making sure that every day I go outside and if I see something growing up that doesn't belong there, I immediately pluck it up. It reminds me of this story. It reminds me of how the disciples questioned Jesus and said, why do you use stories? Why do you uh, tell us things in quote unquote parables? Uh, there are things on the inside of you. And if you listen to and or read this story in and of itself, I'm sure that there will be moments and times and seasons where you can remember being not so deeply rooted. You can remember being uh, pretty superficial and or surface and experiencing a potential burnout or experiencing life and situations strangling out that which God had planted uh, you in those scenarios where Right now, we are in a situation where we're in quarantine. And so for some of you that perhaps have not uh, figured out how to make ends meet, you haven't gotten your stimulus check yet, you are still full of worry and fear and fret and anguish. Isn't it amazing how God will give you a precursor if you let him? What I, what I found out through uh, doing this season of gardening is that obedience is better than sacrifice. Had I not experienced the last season of planting, 
Um, had I not experienced the last season of complete calamity, and though it may not have been calamity for you, it was my own personal corona scenario. It was my own personal tragedy. It was my own personal pandemic. It was my own personal moment of uncertainty and unsurety, and the news broadcaster was me. The news, the anchor hand at that moment was me, and whatever I decided to put in the atmosphere was what I experienced and so in this season of planting and tending to the garden the Holy Spirit would speak to me plainly and say Dion don't you understand that if you plant good seed and good soil there has to be harvest right now you are in the very flower bed of your future there is something right now that is growing on the inside of you that if you allow God uh, to be the farmer, if you allow him to be the tiller, he will begin to show you the rocks in your garden. He will begin to assist you in weeding out things that had grown up unwanted, things that had uh, been strangling out your uh, fruit for the distance, the things that had been keeping you from going all in, the things that have kept you from having a mass harvest. My grandmother was so great at gardening. I, I remember uh, I would look at that field, and sometimes I remember being a kid and thinking to myself, it is impossible that uh, all of this that she's doing, I'm looking at this weedy grass, I'm looking at this brown, ridiculous soil, and she would go outside and water the blank soil before she ever planted anything. How many of you know that uh, in order for your heart to be softened, there are some areas that you need the power of water, the power of the spirit of God to for real go in and prepare your ground because if you plant something too soon and there are still stony places, there are still weedy places, I assure you that by the time it's all over, that particular plant will die. I can even use uh, this as an example. I, I call myself trying to use a piece of the ground that was still stony. And I had a couple of additional plants. I need you to get this because <laughs> I didn't even realize it at the time, but the Holy Spirit allowed me to see that they could not survive in that atmosphere. They couldn't survive in that rocky, stony place. They couldn't survive in the place that had not been tilted or moistened or watered down effectively. There are places in our hearts, there are places in our soul that we literally need the Holy Spirit to dig up and uproot. So I want to ask you a question. Uh, what is it that you still need to dig up? What is it that threatens the life and the thrive of your garden? Is it unforgiveness? Right? Is it bitterness or anger? Is it the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eye? What is it that's in your garden that has the potential to overtake your garden? You guys remember me telling the story about the plant that my mom allowed to, to build a root system in the original plant. And by the time it was all said and done, the, the weed or the wild plant, the airborne issue, had taken over what she planted or what she had purchased to plant on purpose 
right? It had taken it over and killed the original plant. Do you not know uh, that unforgiveness will kill your garden? Do you not know that relationship that God keeps nudging you even now as we are in the middle of a quote unquote crisis? He has you at home so that you can till your land and water your land prior to planting for the next season of your life. Do you know that in this tragedy or pandemic, as people would call it, uh, there's not going to be a harvest immediately? I got to wait. I got to till that land. I got to do the work. I got to go outside every single day and uh, I came in the house the other day and what I realized is I had been bitten up and I do mean bitten up. I had mosquito bites everywhere but it's the cost of doing business in a garden. It's the cost of having a harvest later. The mosquito bites won't last long but at the end of the day as long as I go out Heal the land. Some things have to be cut back. There are pieces that die in the interim. Uh, I've, I've noticed that even some of the green plants didn't survive the transplant. Right? So I had to take them out because what I don't want is dead root systems in my garden. What dead root systems are you still in need of pulling out and pulling up? What old systems that hadn't worked for you in the last season are threatening the produce or the expectation of the produce in this next season? I have some strawberries that that I put in a bed uh, and they're already beginning to blossom. They're already beginning to bear fruit. Now, the the crazy part is I won't be able to eat that first batch. I got to let them, uh, I got to cut it back and let them grow again, right? And so that being said this morning, what is the expectation considering if, if in fact, and I'm going to give you something for a later date, if in fact there is a shortage of harvesters as a relate of, uh, quote unquote, as my grandmother would probably call it, the COVID, as a result of the COVID, um, had you even considered if you're in a position and, and there's really not really a reason that you can't have a garden, even in an apartment complex, even in a trailer park. Um, now, if you live in your car, that may, may be a little bit more difficult, but it's doable. But had you considered planting a garden, I, I double dog dare you this morning. Um, as we are building new habits, new habits of uh, not roaming about, not being busy, not marthing life away, not uh, over exacerbating ourselves with our objectives and our agendas as God is redefining, realigning and resetting us. Had you considered planting a garden, not just for the harvest that it will produce, but considering we are considered parcels of land. We are uh, considered pilgrims uh, on a, a mass journey, and there are things that we learn by the massive irrigation system of the kingdom. Right of being planted uh, from the heavens to the earth, knowing that we aren't from this kingdom. But there are so many things that I've learned. If that garden is not properly watered, if it's not properly tended to, if it's not uh, uh, some old systems aren't properly uprooted, I have a chance of losing uh, the harvest. And that is the case in the kingdom. If, in fact, you're not doing the work to till your own personal uh, parcel, your own heart, your own mind, uh, your own acts and deeds in your body, if you are not 
mindful of caring for that as a farmer or a tender of this parcel, knowing that God the Father is the actual uh, farmer and we are the land. If whatever he planted in you, what is the expectation? When people come to my garden, when people come to uh, uh, the plants and the trees that I have on the inside of me, my expectation is that they walk away with enough to sustain them for that day. My expectation is that when they bite what I've produced, that there's a, a, a sweet flavor, that there is a quality and it's not full of bugs. There's a, a scripture a little further on that talks about you can tell the tree by the fruit that it bears. And if they bite into you, will it be wormy? God forbid. If they bite into you, will they come up with a bitter taste in their mouths? If they bite into you, what will be the experience? Will they uh, recommend you to their friends? Will they say, child, uh, I love pink lady apples. I love the combination of the sweet and the uh, sour. And there are some pink lady apples that they only have at Sprouts. Oh my God. Or golden delicious apples. Those are one of Tanya's favorite. No, not golden delicious. Them yellow apples. I forgot what they're called. Um, nevertheless, you'd have to ask yourself some questions for real. Um, if somebody experiences you, what, what will that look like? If they come to your garden, what will they walk away with? So I'll leave you with that this morning as we prepare to go into the discussion of love, life, and victory. You have an amazing opportunity right now. You have an opportunity um, to translate uh, everything that you've been through, everything that you've experienced in times past in this season. You have an opportunity to reset. You have an opportunity to till your land. You have an opportunity to grow in areas that you had not grown in that you may not have even observed. You have an opportunity not to uh, grow up in thistles or not to grow up in thorns. You have an opportunity not to grow up in stony places and to reevaluate and reassess some things. I didn't want to be preachy today at all. I wanted us to really look at what we have an opportunity to experience as God begins to transition us. Um, my encouragement today is that you transition well. Um, and with that said, We'll walk into our good mornings. So you may have joined the call a little bit late, didn't have an opportunity to say good morning. You can do so at this time. Is there anyone? Ah!